0: This is Morning Jolt with Sister Ignatia from the Sisters of St. Francis of Perpetual Adoration. Morning Jolt is a production of Spoke Street Media. Wake up! Hi, Liz. Hello, Sister. This is crazy. Okay. We both reside in the state of Indiana. Yes, we do. But we haven't probably actually sat down and chatted in Indiana, right? Just the two, like no, you and me. No, yeah. Um, so we had to come to North Dakota to do that
1: course that makes sense right right that's what happens
0: it's worth it yeah a remote location yeah so we are at new staff training for focus fellowship of catholic university students get that all right yes yes how's training been for you
1: yes training has been (laughs) so many emotions that i didn't know could all flood in at once excitement yeah yeah Overwhelmedness. Um, it's a good word. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. <I> like, <laughs> it's is true. That a word? <laughs> yeah. Our days are packed, but I was telling something the other day. Every single conversation that you leave here mm-hmm. just makes your soul, you just feel refreshed. Your soul feels refreshed because yeah. everybody is on the same mission here. And so you don't have to small talk or like ask the questions of, yeah, what's your favorite food? Or, you know, like
0: the little small toxins, <laughs> yeah. you can
1: jump right into the deep stuff. And you just leave conversations and you're like, wow, I just feel, I feel closer to Jesus just by encountering that person and having that conversation. So it's good. It's a blessing to yeah. be here.
0: I feel like a lot of uh, processing and sleeping has to happen after Training is over with. Yeah.
1: Or? <laughs> I, I'm hoping Sunday, our Sabbath, that yeah, we can have mm-hmm. some rest and uh just processing because I do. I feel things turning in my heart and I'm like, when do I get alone time? Yes. Or when do I <laughs> an like, hour in the is. chapel is not enough time. So hopefully we'll get some of that time on Sunday, but we'll see.
0: Yeah. I mean they say they bring everybody to a remote location, but then you're just like all together for the yes, whole time, which the is whole good. Time. Yeah. And for those of you that are uh, very concerned that the show is called Morning Jolt and I haven't announced that I've been drinking coffee during every episode, this episode I am. And we are in, thank you, see, we are in caribou coffee country. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So if you have not experienced caribou coffee, uh, Minnesota and the Dakotas, I presume, and any other state in the region that I don't know about is very serious
1: about caribou coffee. Yeah,
0: I didn't. I just didn't know. What are your thoughts on it? I mean, one one moment. I mean, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think drawn out for uh,
1: you know, it's it's good. It's coffee. Yeah,
0: I think it's um, like a dark roast. Was good yeah. with a little caramel or something. In the I had flavored. A, I don't know
1: a s'mores flavored coffee yesterday. What did
0: you think of that?
1: I felt mediocre about it. I'm a plain. <laughs> <Likewise>. <laughs> I'm a plain coffee girl. Okay, but then someone said that there was a vanilla hazelnut, and I am a sucker for hazelnut coffee. Interesting. So I might have to try that. The caribou coffee, vanilla okay. hazelnut. It smells very sweet though, so I don't yeah. know how I'm gonna feel about it. I'm typically just a iced coffee with a little bit of cream, girl. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Okay, cold brew
0: next time. Yeah, okay. So that's the coffee situation in Bismarck, North Dakota. Yes. Anyway, coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I've been so excited to like talk to you, and I feel like since I record things, I get an excuse to ask deep questions and hear people's life stories. So I would love to hear. So you're in your second year as a missionary. That's correct. Uh, Are you going back to? Oh, you don't know. Are you going? No, I do know. I do know. Yes. So
1: I'm going back to my second year at Indiana University in Indiana. It's funny because the state is in the name, where everybody else has to. That when they introduce their school (laughs) here, they're like, "Oh, I go to Valparaiso University in Indiana," and so I think it's like funny that I'm like, "Oh, I'm at Indiana University in Indiana." (laughs) Yeah, just just in case I didn't catch that. Um, But yeah, I'll be returning for my second year there. And I'm really excited. Our team is pretty much staying consistent. We're getting one new first year girl. But the other four of us are staying and just get a build on the foundation that we set last year, which is going to be supreme.
0: Hey, could you give like maybe a nutshell of what focus, maybe just like mission and then like? yeah, what you all on campus are really doing. Yeah. So for anyone who might not know exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So the role of focus is to go to college campuses to spread the gospel, to bring people to Christ and to teach them how to live lifelong mission. So it is about sharing the gospel, bringing them into relationship with Jesus. And that aspect happens a lot in Bible studies, in our on-campus outreach but then we're also doing formation. So the Mm -hmm. people that are sold for the gospel that have committed their lives to Christ, we're teaching them, okay, how do you live (laughs) out a life that is an imitation of Christ now? And then how do you walk with other people in it? Because we want strong mothers and fathers Mm -hmm. and parishioners and doctors and lawyers and wherever they go after college, we want them to know how to form not only themselves, but then others and walk with others. So we can reach the ends of the world, right? That's the Great Commission to go out and make disciples of all the nations. And that is the goal Mm -hmm. of Focus is to create really strong student leaders in the college world so that they can go out and serve people in their community and in their parishes and their families, which is so beautiful. And we get to encounter a lot of students and it's so beautiful (laughs) to just watch them the initial yes is always my favorite, right? Mm-hmm. When they're living this life where they're they're like lukewarm or they're like, you know, like I kind of want a relationship with Jesus, but I just like there's these things that I'm not willing to give up yet. And you're praying and you're interceding, you're having conversations. And then they just have that switch where they're like, okay, I've got to lay it all on the line. I've got to do this 100%. Wow. Those are the best moments wow. on campus for sure.
0: Wow. And what was that like? For you, I mean, you've like encountered Jesus. Well, you were born and raised Catholic, right? I was, So maybe yeah. you did that, just like a little, little bio snippet, maybe, and then yeah. just like, yeah, how you ended up involved with Focus and yeah. hearing the call to be a missionary.
1: Absolutely. So yeah, I was born and raised Catholic. My dad was a convert to the faith, and so I grew up, and we were the classic like Catholic family. Went to mass on Sunday. Um, we went to CCD, but there was never spiritual conversations in the house. Mm. It was very much like a taboo topic. We felt uncomfortable talking about Mm. it because it just was very intimate. So yeah, didn't really have a lot of experience of having community of talking about just spiritual things until going into my freshman year of high school, I went to the Steubenville Youth Conferences. And Mm -hmm. those were Mm. were game changers for a lot of people. And that was where kind of, I think my first encounter of, oh, there's something more here than what I was taking away from a Sunday mass Mm. because I, yeah, we came from a parish. There was a lot of older parishioners. We had an older priest. And I was like, this is so boring. (laughs) Like it's so boring. (laughs) Right. like fight nodding and like falling asleep in the pew and just like nobody, I just didn't see any passion anywhere for the faith. And so when I went to Steubenville and there's hundreds of high school students that are screaming and yelling and praising Jesus and, I was like, what is this? Um, because I just had no experience of it. But on that conference was the first time that I experienced Eucharistic adoration. And the priest. Wow, the first time. Yeah. Oh. Processed through this field house. And I remember he came up like right in front of me and like held Jesus right in front of my face. And I, yeah, just knew. I knew. I was like, this is Jesus. And it was the first time that I mm. could, could say that. Yeah. But like most stories, Right. You have these amazing retreat highs and then you return and there's nobody to walk with you yeah, and really like no direction of how this retreat is supposed to change your life and how you're supposed to live differently after it. So it was kind of this cycle all through high school of in the summers, Mm. you go to Steubenville, you'd come back (laughs) and you'd do everything the same. In the summers, you go Uh. to Steubenville, you come back and do everything the same, right? Uh. Until after I graduated high school, I went on a leadership well, it was lead. It was still with yeah, studentville yeah. conferences, but it was like a a five day leadership conference that was like leading up into the weekend retreat. And oh, prideful little Liz, was <laughs> like I'm gonna go on this leadership conference because I love to lead people and I want to. Yeah, I want. You're super good at it. I'm super good at it, <laughs> and I like people always tell me all the time how like how much they admire my faith. And yeah, I'm a really faithful person and blah, 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 you know, all these cocky things. And, but Jesus knew, he knew I needed Mm -hmm. to be there. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first talk that there was a missionary that was leading it that stood up there and was like, we're going to teach you how to have a personal relationship with Jesus. And I said, what? This is not what I signed up for. I was like, what does this have to do with anything? Like, what does this have to do with me leading other people? Like, I'm not here to talk about myself. Like, I'm good. Like, I want to talk about how do I talk to other people Mm. about my faith? And didn't know that the basis to mission is a relationship with Jesus. Wow. And I had I learned that that week and felt this, yeah, just throughout the week that there was invitation after invitation for us to accept the gospel Mm. into our hearts in a way that we... We're going to say yes and then live differently. Mm. Um, and I did not want to because – this is really funny now. But I was like, oh, if I give my life to Jesus, he's going to make me a nun. And <laughs> at the time – <laughs> Don't do that. I had no experience with sisters. <laughs> and so it sounded like a terrible thing Yeah, in my death sentence. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's right? – we've been there. We've been there. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I had never met a sister before. So it was all my like – maybe it was uh-huh. my – Preconceived notions from sister act or something. Yeah,
0: that's, yeah.
1: Yeah, or something. I don't know. (laughs) But it was a fear of losing control.
0: Yeah. It was a fear of losing control. Yeah.
1: And I was like, God, I know myself. I think I'm making really good choices. I have plans Mm -hmm. for my life. So, but he just kept, he just kept asking, like knocking Mm -hmm. on the door. And I just like felt, I felt him just tugging at my heart. And finally, I, uh, yeah, he wore me out. (laughs) And I was like, okay, Jesus, we're going to do this. And I remember I was sitting in. In this like little tiny room and again in Eucharistic adoration. Mm-hmm. And I went to confession, came back and just remember it was a really simple prayer, but I mean it was the turning point where I just mm-hmm. placed my hands on my heart and then just opened them up to Jesus and said, Okay, here you go. Here's wow. my heart. I don't know why you want it so much, but mm-hmm. I can see that you do. And I want you to have it because I desire the joy that I'm seeing mm-hmm. in these other people that have given their hearts to you. And what I thought was going to end in like slavery and like all (laughs) of this, like, I don't know, the feeling trapped Mm -hmm. ended up being this great freedom and just felt so much joy of that. I could just tell that God, the angels, everybody was rejoicing that I Mm. was giving my heart to Christ. And yeah, that was kind of the turning point. Mm -hmm. Um, It really changed my trajectory as I went into college one of the things that I sought out right away was a community because I didn't want to fall into the cycles that I did in high school yeah. of just nothing changing. And so I sought out people that were living a life for Christ. And that's actually what brought me to Focus. Mm. I went to Ball State University. Chirp, chirp.
0: <laughs> I was wondering. Yep, like you can't yep, resist. I, gotta, yeah, I, couldn't, I couldn't resist.
1: <laughs> and uh, yeah, Focus Missionaries had been there for a while. Mm. And one of my friends that was older was involved in a Bible study. She invited me into Bible study and pretty quickly invited me into discipleship which is basically just weekly meetings mm-hmm. teaching us forming us to eventually be bible study leaders and yeah that was kind of my first experience with focus
0: were you like all in when you were like you get like invited into discipleship were you all just like yes Or were you just
1: (laughs) no, no. I was I have to tell people I had some focus angst. Um, Hmm. I was a little angsty. Okay. I think that I just again there was a lot that needed to be changed in my own heart, but I felt like that focus as an organization, my perception was was that it just felt inauthentic. Mm -hmm. And that the missionaries only cared about me because I was leading a Bible study and I was, like, good at it. Oh, and
0: you do it. Do the thing. Yeah. yeah. And again,
1: and I think that it was, I just didn't like that. I felt like, yeah, that they were like, oh, well, you're you're working for us, right, as a student missionary. It was just a bad, I had, like, had put walls up and there was Mm -hmm. a lot of things that I implied. And, but I really was kind of, like, anti-focus for a while of, like, I don't think that this organization really knows what they're doing. And so... I'm going to lead my Bible study. I'm going to do it my way. Whoa. And so there was just some, but it was, God is so funny, right? Like he just, I mean, we're at New staff Training for Focus. So you can see where this is going to go, right? You can see that this is going in a good direction. But it was really, my heart fell in love with leading women because I had an amazing Mm. Bible study. I had this great group of girls that they all came in as freshmen. I was a sophomore leading them. And because I stayed at Ball State for grad school, I walked with them until they graduated. So I oh, walked with them all four years wow. of college, which was such wow. a gift. It was such a gift to see mm-hmm. them transform
0: yeah, and
1: become leaders and, bec- oh. and them like leading their own Bible studies and just becoming really good friends with all of them mm-hmm. was so beautiful. And it was really the reason that I stayed involved with Focus as an organization because I wanted to lead the Bible study mm. and... It took for me until grad school, my heart started to soften and there was, and Jesus, <laughs> you know, started poking at some things of like, I think that you have a distorted idea of like what focus is and like what their mission is yeah. and met some new missionaries and had some conversations and realized that I was just being really stubborn and that I wasn't allowing my heart to be, to be transformed and to I wasn't seeking to understand. I was not seeking to understand. And so that definitely had to shift. And it wasn't until grad school, my first year of grad school. Yeah, I was in my field experience. So I studied speech pathology. So the last two semesters, we work at a school for 12 weeks, and then we work in a medical setting for 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. I was in the school system, and it was a really broken community. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of drug usage, a lot of broken families, and my heart was just breaking constantly mm-hmm. And it was driving me crazy that I couldn't talk about Jesus with these kids. Yeah. Because I knew that that was all uh, that they needed. That I yeah. knew that was all that they needed. And I remember I would come home and I would tell my friend that I was living with, I was like, Andrea, <laughs> I just, I need to talk about Jesus. And I just don't understand why I can't talk about <laughs> Jesus. And I need a job that I can talk about Jesus. Like I just, I felt that like yeah. burn start to yeah. happen, right? Where my heart was starting to break. And I was like getting this like burn for a mission. And so... She was like, you need, like, maybe you should look into doing, like, missionary, like, doing some mission work. And it was just really hard because I was like, oh, I'm, like, going into my sixth year of being in school. That's a lot of schooling. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it kind of felt like to take a job as a missionary would be throwing it all away. Mm. And I definitely. Because was that
0: your plan? Like, you you talked about a plan earlier for your life. Was that kind of your plan yeah. for a long time? Was just, like, oh, go yeah. to grad school, yep. work in speech? Therapy, mm-hmm.
1: yes. Mm-hmm. It was. It was go to grad school, become a speech therapist, get married, have kids. You know, like you like the classic, yeah. like I don't know. I feel like the classic, settle down, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. A woman's dream of. And I really liked what I was doing too, right? I really did like speech mm-hmm. therapy, and I was good at it. I didn't really know why I needed to look for a different mm-hmm. direction, but there was that little, you know, that nudge inside. Mm-hmm. It, it was the same nudge that Jesus gave me when he was like asking for my heart, right? Back in high school, that same nudge of like, I think there's something more, Mm -hmm. right? And I felt that I recognized that same like tugging on my heart that I had, (laughs) yeah, seen when he was asking for my heart originally. And it kind of freaked me out a little bit because I was like, Jesus, no, 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 we had a plan. We have a deal here. (laughs) Right. I like have this trajectory. I've been working really hard. Like I love what I'm doing. Like don't make me go a different direction. and. Kind of at that point, I was sitting in this space with Jesus kind of like to let you in on my like relationship was I didn't have a very consistent prayer life. Like Mm -hmm. I would kind of go to him when I needed him. Sometimes when I went to rejoice in some stuff, but there was a lot of self-reliance still. A lot of like, I have a lot of skill sets. I can do all this on my own. And I didn't realize at the time that... Yeah, Jesus doesn't want just a relationship with us. Like we have a relationship with our grandparents, right? Where we call them once a month, get together at Thanksgiving and (laughs) Easter and and Christmas time. And think about them occasionally. Like Jesus wants intimacy with us, right? This spousal Mm -hmm. relationship where he's with us all the time and we're telling everything to him. And he knows us so well and we know him so well. And I just didn't get that. (laughs) And... Yeah, I was beginning to see that in the job that I was in, that I just didn't have the space to get to an, a more intimate place mm-hmm. with him. And so I think someone once told me, if you want to live a life that you've never lived before, you have to, yeah, you have to do something different. Like you can't just keep living your same life that you've always yeah. been living it and expect different results. Yeah. Right. So like I saw that Jesus was inviting me like to this deeper level of intimacy. Mm. And so I knew that a shift had to happen mm. in my life because it wasn't going to happen with me just like continuing yeah the path the trajectory that mm-hmm. I was on. Yeah, so he
0: started asking me to discern being a missionary and was that into your like your first year of grad school even or second year of grad school you were yeah. really like that's when you were deciding? Yeah,
1: is- first year of grad school it was like it was a little bit mm-hmm. of a desire. I would say second year of grad school is when it like kind of got louder. And yeah, I just started looking at different organizations. Focus, like I knew focus, right? Yeah. I had been with focus. I was like, ah, I just don't think that I want to do focus. Like I still had some, some beef with what I thought some mm-hmm. of the like what the organization stood for, some of the things that they did. And I was like, also, I don't think I'm cool enough to hang out with college students. Like, I really had a heart at that time for middle schoolers. Oh, okay.
0: I mean, I thought you were really cool, but that's just oh, me. Oh,
1: wow. Thank you. Thank <laughs> yeah, <okay>. you. anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It was, yeah, I think mm-hmm. just some insecurities of like, oh, I don't know if I can hang with college students. So, mm-hmm. but I was like, middle schoolers, they think I'm cool because yeah. they're just at that age where you're just that enough older. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or high school, even high school. I did a lot of like youth ministry mm-hmm. through college. So started looking into Net Ministry and Culture Project, which are both beautiful organizations. Mm. But things were just like not, I don't know, roadblocks kept popping mm. up. And then I decided, as I'm looking into this missionary stuff, oh, I also, I should start competing in pageants. Because...
0: What <laughs> exactly? Exactly. Purple. Okay. Literally,
1: no connection here, except for this is an integral You're part. You're cool. Okay. Of the, yeah. No. This yeah. is an integral part of the story. <laughs> um, I really love public speaking and performing, and they had just eliminated in the Miss America organization. They had just gotten rid of the swimsuit part, like swimsuit really? competition part. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, so all that you had to do to compete oh. was an interview. Like on stage, question and then a talent. Ooh. And I'm kind of weird and I love that kind of stuff. Okay. And so, out of like the blue, I don't even remember how it all came about, but I was like, this would be a great way to get some scholarship money. And it was. So, I started competing in pageants and I won like a local. And so, you have to win a local before you compete in Miss what? Indiana. What? So, I was slated to go to Miss Indiana and my and mouth
0: is open, I- by the way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, slated for Miss Indiana. So I was, like, okay, excited to go to wow. Miss Indiana.
1: <laughs> Everybody was like pumping me up of like, Liz, like, you're going to do great. Like, there was just like, a lot of talk from my like coaches and stuff of that.
0: You had a pageant coach.
1: Well, it was like the director of the okay. of the local that I had. Right, won. I just so, have no idea. But they're okay, like gotcha. in the pageant world. So yeah, they, like know their stuff, right? Yeah, and we had some help, and they were like, "Liz, like you have a lot of really good skill sets. Like I'd done theater, and I'd done all these things that like kind of like, yeah, yeah. It prepared me to do stuff like this. Anyways, and I was like getting really jazzed about it. I was like, "This is awesome! Like I've how cool is it like to compete in Miss Indiana? That would be awesome." And so the Miss Indiana competition was at the same time as training for all missionary organizations that I had looked into. So I was like, Jesus, you can't be calling me to be a missionary because you just orchestrated for me to win this pageant. Right? And I was like, look at that. (laughs) He's closing doors. (laughs) Or so I thought. And
0: yeah.
1: And so then I was just really confused because I just didn't understand. But then I was like, I justified in my head of there is a lot of brokenness in the pageant world of just like distortion of beauty yeah. and identity and a lot of those things. I was like, this is great. This is my mission field, mm-hmm. like the pageant world. Oh, and then a focus <gasps> missionary, my dear friend, Emily. She, Emily. Emily, Wow. Yes. Okay.
0: Anyway, she, shout out Emily. Wow. We okay. love Emily. <laughs> she
1: looked at me and was like, Liz, you just need to apply to be a focused missionary. I'd helped with a retreat for Ball State students, gave Man. a talk on healing. And I, I, I did. I loved it. I loved it. Okay. I loved it. <laughs> and she was like, you just need to apply. And I was like, Emily, I can't. Like, these are all the reasons why I can't. And she was like, Liz, just open the door. And if God doesn't want you to walk through, he'll close it. And I couldn't, I couldn't argue with that logic. Mm-hmm. That was really good logic. Yeah. And so that evening, or like I got home from the retreat. Um, that was like on a Saturday. By that next weekend, I was in Colorado interviewing for Focus. That We'll just like Whoa. show you how quick that turned around. Yeah, like yeah. Like within a week.
0: It was, I was... So no to pageant and pageant world over.
1: Well, no. I was still on that track right now. But that was, I was so conflicted because, and I remember <laughs> I, I got to interview weekend and was in my, they have like this big, Focus interviews are beautiful and they just like care about you and mm-hmm. just ask you a lot of questions and they're a lot of fun. But we get to the very end of my interview and they asked the question, is there anything that would keep you from being able to come to training in the summer if you got a job offer? And I just started crying <laughs> because I was like, yes, I'm slated to go to Miss Indiana. Like I have this master's degree. Like I don't understand what God wants and I just want to do his will so bad. Just slated but I'm so it out there. I did. I just was sobbing and I was like, oh, I just like poured my heart out. And yeah, I just remember them like looking at me so kindly and they're like, Jesus is gonna tell you what to do. Like he's just gonna, he's gonna show you what to do. And I had a priest that told me, like, don't try to figure out what you're gonna do for step 12 before you know what step number one is, which is very good advice. Yes. Yes. So I pretty much just played a waiting game until I figured out if focus gave me a job offer or not, which they did. Surprise. I mean they did. (laughs) And it came with the the caveat of I had to choose. I had to choose to go to Miss Indiana. Um, compete in, like, this once-of-a-lifetime opportunity or (sighs) to become a focused missionary. Wow. Yeah. So there was, like, a lot. There was, like, a lot. It wasn't an easy decision of, like, yeah, it wasn't one of those things where I had no better option, right? It wasn't, like, I was, like, oh, I guess I'll be a missionary because there's nothing else that I, like, I don't know what else I would do kind of thing. Like, I had plenty of other things that I could do. And that's what Jesus does. He, Mm -hmm. Gives us opportunities where we can give radical yeses, right? We can Mm -hmm. give our fiats to Him. And I saw the way that He had been preparing my heart for this fiat, for this moment of this is a big, like, there's a lot, there's a lot on the line here. And my first response was one of fear, because that typically is our Mm -hmm. first response, right? (laughs) And I remember that I started without asking Jesus because. I had a feeling I knew what he was going to say. I started making my own plans and I was like, okay, I'm going to say no to focus because I know that they want me at this point. So I'll just reapply next fall. I'll go compete, in, compete in Miss Indiana. I'll do my first Win. year's of speech. Win. Yes. <laughs> do my first year's of speech That therapist. I'll live in Muncie for another year. I'll do theater. Like I had this beautiful plan. I started texting someone about like, can I take your house? Cause I knew she was moving out of her house, like all these pieces. And then I talked to a priest. Mistake
0: number one. (laughs) Right? Yeah. If you wanted, if you didn't want to know the truth, I know, right?
1: But I knew that I was avoiding the truth. Like I knew I was avoiding it. And this priest, he serves the University of Cincinnati now. And it's just a wonderful man. Oh, yeah, I met Father him. Father Ethan.
0: Father Ethan. Oh.
1: oh, my gosh.
0: Wait, yes, no. Oh, I, I, I met love him that guy because yeah.
1: of coming on a discernment retreat. That's right. At your you his mother
0: house? That's right. That's how I met him. Yeah, Father N- Ethan in a nutshell, black vans. He came to the discernment retreat with light up styrofoam sabers yes. as gifts. Yes. I don't, it's just, you just have to experience he has a him. He's board. very, he's just.
1: He's so cool. Yeah. He's and, so like, cool.
0: Taken over by Jesus and like whatever he wants. Yes. Anyway, so, yeah. he, told so you, that, G- he told you. Isn't that crazy?
1: Isn't that crazy that God orchestrated me to meet this man yeah. like years prior because he knew that he like I needed him to like have this conversation mm. with me. And I remember calling him. We were kind of doing some spiritual direction mm-hmm. that summer. And, you know, I'm like explaining the situation to him. I'm mm-hmm. explaining my brilliant plan and how it was all going to work out. And then he told me to read the story of the rich young man. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Because, you know, you know, when they direct you to scripture,
0: when the priest directs you to scripture, yeah. you're going
1: to get wrecked. You know, well, that. yeah.
0: And a title like that. I mean, even if you didn't know. know the whole story. But I like- know.
1: And I knew like I knew the story. Right. We've, yeah. we've grown up hearing it. And Oof. but it's the living word. And so Oof. it strikes you right where it needs to. And just like pierce my heart. The one I read it through, because. Yeah, the rich young man, he, he goes to Jesus and he's like, okay, how do I get to heaven? And Jesus is like, follow the Ten Commandments. And the rich young man is like, I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes, that is where I'm at, right? God, he, mm-hmm. Basically, the rich young man is like, am I living a good life? And he's like, are you following the Ten Commandments? And he's like, yes. And I, I felt that way. I was like, I'm being faithful. Like, mm-hmm. I have a relationship with you. I'm doing good things. I'm trying to serve you. Like, I'm following the commandments, right? Mm-hmm. And then the rich man, right? He says, what else? Like, what what else do I need to do? And then Jesus asks for everything. He yeah. says, sell everything that you have to the poor and come and follow me. And the sentence that just pierced right to my heart was that he walked away sad because he had many possessions. And I felt that, oh. right? I was like, I am rich, like in the Mm. standards of the world, right? I have a master's degree. I'm going to go compete in a pageant. Like I had job, like people like offering me jobs. I had community, all these things. Like Mm. I was rich, and Jesus was asking, like, Are you willing to give me everything and come follow me? And it was a lot. It was a big ask, Mm. and. I really had to think about it. I was scared because there was so much there was so much that I knew. The plan that I had was one that was predictable, was comfortable, was safe. Mm-hmm. And what he was inviting me into was so much unknown. Yeah. And would take so much reliance on him. And I remember talking to my parents. And when I first had told my dad about the whole idea of being a missionary, he was like very skeptical he was like, is this a real job? Do you have finance? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, all the like classic yeah. dad questions yeah. because he loves me. <laughs> and we had like talked some more and he was still pretty skeptical and we kind of dropped the topic and he was doing dishes and he just looked at me like straight in the eyes and he's not a super emotional guy, but he just looked at me. He said, Elizabeth, I think that you should take this job because I think it's what you were created for. And I knew that that was the father's voice. Wow. Like I knew like that was what I needed. Yeah. That was what I needed. The affirmation that I needed uh, that this was what I was supposed to choose. Mm -hmm. So I, on St. Joseph's feast day.
0: Oh, come on.
1: I accepted the job as a focus missionary. A year ago. A year ago. Wow. Yes. I gave up my spot at Miss Indiana and gave my crown (sighs) and my title to somebody else to go compete and stepped into the scariest place, which is the unknown. And that's kind of how I, yeah, like just came to be a missionary and oh. that whole journey. It was pretty crazy. <laughs> I,
0: I can think, yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting here like whiplash a little bit. Uh, yeah. What would you, because I think it's like, sometimes like almost like the saddest thing to think when you had, you in the eyes of the world had like, quote everything, like the mm-hmm. Riches you know like how many like 20 somethings and like college students and even like mid 20s even to their 30s think that they have everything mhm but they don't yeah, yeah like what would you say to somebody that's like the beginnings of those questions are starting of like you know is this it is my plan really that good or like what what else is there or mm-hmm. i don't know yeah what would be your advice to like mm-hmm. how do they open that door maybe to like to more
1: Yeah. Oh, that's a really good question. I would say definitely if things are starting to like stir in your heart, these questions of, is there more? Was I created for more? I don't think I'm happy, right? Mm. Like lean into that. Like that is not a coincidence. Nothing is coincidence. Everything's orchestrated by God. If nothing else of like, that is the (laughs) biggest lesson that I've learned in the past like two years is that everything is orchestrated by God. And so those those stirrings in your heart are happening because the Holy Spirit is desiring for them, mm-hmm. the, for those stirrings to happen. And the biggest piece of advice that I can give is go to Jesus mm-hmm. consistently every single day. It doesn't have to be for an hour because that's a lot. That's a lot to embark into right from the get-go. Yeah. But we always tell our students, 20 minutes, mm-hmm. 20 minutes. Everybody has 20 minutes that they can give to Jesus. And just go to a quiet space, preferably a church, right? Mm Because just like sit in in that holy space that's been filled with prayer and Jesus is there. But anywhere, right? If Mm -hmm. you're like, I love to be in nature, anywhere that's quiet and there's not a lot of distraction and then just sit in that space and invite Jesus in. Be like, Lord, I don't know what all of this means. And I don't know Mm -hmm. if there is more, right? But I want to know. So help me Mm -hmm. and just let him walk with you and start asking the questions, start dreaming. Be like, if I could do anything, what would it be? Mm. And the more time that you spend with Jesus, the more that you'll get to know him and he knows your heart better than you know your own. And so the reason that I was able to say yes to these things is because I had created this relationship where I knew that God wanted what was best for me. Mm. And I wouldn't have been able to say yes, like this radical yes, right? If I didn't believe that, Mm -hmm. because why would you? Why would you say yes to something if you didn't believe that the person, that what they were asking you had your best interest Mm -hmm. at heart? But I know that God wants greater things than I even want for myself. And Mm -hmm. I want some pretty good things for myself. But (laughs) the fact that He wants more. And so, yeah, the more that you spend with Jesus, the more that you can eliminate distractions Mm -hmm. and quiet the world around you, the easier it is to hear the desires of your heart. And then just start taking steps discernment is active so it's like good to dream but then make tangible steps yeah. right and just trust that he's going to direct you that's why we go to him every single day mm-hmm. because you go to him you make a step and then you're like okay how did you feel about that, that step okay? was, yeah. was that okay yeah do we need to go do i need to go a different direction mm-hmm. was that good right and you just start walking with him mm-hmm. step by step knowing that he's not going to abandon you in it and Yeah, you will find yourself places that you never imagined that you would be. (laughs) North
0: Dakota. Bismarck. Dakota. (laughs) (laughs) I also noticed, like, you had, like, in key moments, there were, like, really important people that stepped in and just, like, spoke into your life. And they had, like, the relationship with you, the trust to, like, be able to do that. Mm -hmm. And, like, yeah, when you maybe were, like, running from your own heart and Jesus talking to you, like, their words, like cut through you know they did yeah we all have like those people
1: oh absolutely
0: like thank god <laughs>
1: yes and if yeah. you don't feel like you have those people find those people yeah of like finding community is mm-hmm. huge interesting that like god is so good and he knows that i'm not a great listener and so oftentimes he has to be like he puts people in my yeah. life that's like liz <laughs> that's <laughs> what i'm trying to like write the clarity mm-hmm. of hearing the words of our father coming through from someone else yeah is really important. And, and again, remembering that everything's orchestrated by God. Mm-hmm. When somebody tells you something and it hits your heart, knowing that that was Jesus, yeah. like he meant for you to hear those words mm-hmm. and he knew that you were going to listen to a human <laughs> and maybe you weren't listening to him <laughs> in or were distracted.
0: <laughs> yeah. Community is key. Wow. I'm excited for you to like embark on your second year.
1: Oh man. Yeah. Of mission work. It's going to be an adventure for and sure. And
0: off the record, I mean, we'll put something on the calendar because I have to come down and see you down there. Yes. Right. No, okay, yes, good. Absolutely. You have <laughs> to come to
1: Bloomington. Never been. I would love that. It's beautiful. Okay. It's a beautiful place to serve and there's lots of nature, mm-hmm. lots of good places to eat. Oh, perfect. Okay. Yeah. And we have some morality Dominican priest. So very mm. well, good. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for inviting me on and just letting me share my heart. I really appreciate it.
0: I hope you like religious life as much as I do. If you have any questions, comments, or prayer requests, contact us at our website, ssfpa.org. He leads, I follow. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network.
1: For more great podcasts, visit SpokeStreet.com.